0: Hey there, thanks for tuning in to this episode. So in this episode, this is where I'm teaching you about um, defense mechanisms that you typically see on your nursing exams, on the NCLEX, um, and defense mechanisms. I'll talk about it in, the, in this uh, episode, but it's pretty much um, covers under psychosocial integrity on the NCLEX for both RN and LPN, and you need to understand this if you want to perform well in this area. So hopefully you enjoy this episode. Hi, hello. This is your host, Nurse Choma. I'm the founder of Choosing Nursing over at choosingnursing.net, where we help you to pass your NCLEX exam. I am a registered nurse. I've been a nurse now for over eight years. I graduated in May 2010 with my BSN from San Diego State University. Uh, my vision is to help to resolve the nursing shortage by addressing people that are struggling to pass their exams. So for that reason, I focus mainly on repeat test takers as well as also international-based students. So if you're in a position where you've been struggling to pass your ANCUS exam, maybe you graduated years ago, maybe you took it multiple times despite using multiple reviews, I wanna encourage you today that you're in the right place. So if you're not already, go ahead and hit the like and follow button right now and turn on the notifications. So that way you don't miss me when I come up live. Um, You can also follow me as well on Instagram. If you have Instagram, um, choosing underscore nursing over there. And you can follow me on YouTube. We put out a weekly video every Tuesday on YouTube, which is choosing nursing. And then also, um, last but not least, you can also follow me on Pinterest. So on Pinterest, it's also choosing nursing. So thank you for watching. I know I don't normally come on at 3 p.m. but I'm not available later. So that's the reason why I'm on earlier. And plus I said I was gonna be on at 3 p.m. So if you're tuning in today, go ahead and um, say hello in the chat box. Let me know that you're here. Um, also, just type what NCLEX you're taking. So if you're taking RN, put the word RN. If you're taking LPN, put the word LPN uh, in the chat box so I know what are the majority of people are taking. Hello, welcome. Let's see, Nicole, Talena. Uh Hopefully I'm saying your name right. Fossiat. hello. Hello, hello, hello. Thank you for being here. RN, RN, All right, good, good, LPN okay good okay awesome so thank you for being here today so what i'm going to talk about i'm going to talk about today i'm going to talk about seven defense mechanisms on the NCOS exam all right seven different types of defense mechanisms so we're going to cover psych today um and this is an area that is on the test all right so um, we're going to cover psych today before we get into the content i do want to share with you Uh, If you haven't already taken advantage of my free NCLEX predictor test I have a free test This is a a, pretty much an exam that I put together and the purpose of the test is to help you to identify and to highlight The areas of the exam that you may be struggling with or that you need to pay closer attention to um, Before you take your test that way you can have some identity or some um Clarity as far as if you if it's time for you to take your exam. So if you have not taken this this test It's broken down into four levels patho level content level nursing level Um, Once you're done with the test you'll, you'll be able to see what your results are what your percentage is and then I did break down what your percentages mean as far as above passing near passing or um uh, below passing, and then you know what you should focus on. So thank you for being here. I'm glad you're here. So oh, to take the test, go to free.test.choosingnursing.net, free.test.choosingnursing.net. Or if you are, um, or if you have Messenger, just simply type the word test um, in the comments, and then we'll send you the link for you to register for free that way. All right, so thank you for being here. Thank you for sharing the broadcast. I see Crystal, Nikki, Hawa, hello. Joyce, Anita, hello. Let me know what tests you're taking as well. So um, we're gonna talk about um, defense mechanisms, defense mechanisms on the exam. Hi, let's see, Roxanne. I think I need to put my glasses on because I can't really see comments super well okay all right so let me go ahead and go up let me scroll pull all my notes okay all right so first i want to describe what is what is a um like what is defense mechanisms like what does this mean well first and foremost defense mechanism it covers under the category we know psychosocial integrity and psychosocial integrity covers about, I would say, like 9% of the test, depending on if it's the RN or the LPN exam. And, you know, now, although psych, it's, uh, psych can seem like it's something that's small, but honestly, it is an area that you should be aware of because all your patients are gonna have some type of psych issue on some level, whether they are diagnosed with a disorder or whether they're just suffering from depression, you know, from being in the hospital so it's just it's still something that you want to um pay close attention to and i've I've had seen people who took in the exam before and you know they scored um like they were almost near passing but they got but they were low in in psych and didn't pass their exam so you want to be balanced right you want to be completely balanced when it comes to the test so let's go over what are defense mechanisms like what does this mean so I want to give you, like, we know what it is in general terms, right? But I want to give you pretty much, like, the, um, you know, the, the special terminology and everything. So let me put my glasses on. Okay. So a defense mechanism is the mental process, all right? The mental process initiated typically unconsciously to avoid conscious conflict or anxiety. One more time, um, a mental process initiated, typically unconsciously, so meaning that we're not aware, to avoid conscious conflict or anxiety. So that's what defense mechanisms are. Okay, so we're gonna go over seven of them right now. If you want to, I would appreciate it if you could type in the chat box as I'm going over it. If you could put um, the name of them, like for those that are taking notes. If you're in a position to, if you're able to type, to put the name of the, the first one, the number two, and et cetera. Okay, so the first one, number one is repression. Repression. R-E-P-R-E-S-S-I-O-N. Okay? So what this is, this is a feeling that is hidden and forced from the consciousness to the unconsciousness. Because it is seen as socially unacceptable. All right. Thank you, Nikki. So, it is this is a feeling that is hidden or forced from the consciousness to the unconscious because it is seen socially unacceptable? So, pretty much, it's something that we. Have you ever heard that term before? Like, oh, they have repressed memories, or just um, like, for example, for example, let's say somebody when they were younger, unfortunately, they were. Um, like raped or something, or something terrible happened to them when they're younger. And because it was so horrible, their memory, their subconscious memory has suppressed it, right, has suppressed it, or I should say repressed it. So now, if you was to tell them like, oh no, that didn't happen, like they, because it's something that they have repressed so much in their unconscious memory, or in their unconscious state, uh, their subconscious state, so that way they're not aware of it consciously. So repression is like, and that's why you see some people, hey, good to see you, Keisha, you know, you're fine. That's why you see some people who will go th- through therapy, you know, and will go through therapy, and when they go through the therapy, the therapy begins to uncover or, um, ex- you know, unfold things that they dealt when they were younger that they have repressed, right? So I'm, what I'm trying to do, I'm going to try and give you examples I'm gonna try to give you, no, you're not that late. I'm gonna try to give you some examples of each of them to kind of help you. All right, so then, so that's, that's repression. Number two, regression, regression, re, so this is the same thing, but with a G, or the same spelling, but with the letter G. So regression is falling back into an early state of mental Uh, mental or or physical development seen as less demanding and safe okay so number two is so and falling back into an early state of mental or physical development which is seen as less demanding and safe so what does that mean so for example this could be somebody who is they're 50 years old and they're going through a midlife crisis so instead of them dealing with, um, you know, how where they are at 50 years old, they are acting like they're 21 years old, right? So they're regressing, they're going back to a time where it was less demanding, it was less things to worry about, right? Because when you're 21, right, you just, you're not really thinking a lot about your future and well, some people. So that's what regression means, right? So pretty much going back to, a, because of what they're dealing with right now. And remember, the, one thing that's one thing that will help you too is to think about the fact that they are um, defense, right? Defense mechanisms, meaning that there's something that they're currently going through or, or you know, going through and this is how they're responding to that then, all right? So that's regression. Okay, the next one is called reaction formation. Reaction formation, it's two words. Okay, reaction formation. Let me put my glasses for this one. Okay, so this is converting unconscious wishes or impulses that are perceived to be dangerous or um, unacceptable into their opposites. So behavior that is completely the opposite of what one really wants or feels and taking the opposite belief because the true belief causes anxiety. So so pretty much they have there's a desire that they have or something that they believe in but because it's not socially acceptable they will carry out the very the opposite belief, right? They will uh, be, they will carry out the opposite belief because the true belief causes them to have a form of anxiety. So reaction formation is pretty much just somebody doing the exact opposite of what they really believe because they can't deal with what they really believe. See that? So that's, that's pretty much what reaction formation is. Remember, that's why it's important to make sure that you don't, you, um, it's easy to kind of like, you know, mix up the disorders, but for the most part, they're pretty straightforward. All right, so number three, the third one, displacement. Okay, displacement. So displacement, this is a, this is a defense mechanism that shifts sexual or aggressive behavior or aggressive impulses um, to a more acceptable or less threatening target. All right, to a more acceptable or less threatening target. This is dis- displacement. So this would be for example um a mother who is angry at her husband right she's angry at her husband but instead of instead of confronting her husband she displaces her anger onto her child right who is less threatening right and less demanding right so obviously a child can't really Defend, or defend themselves like the way that the husband could, All right? So that's pretty much that's what displacement is. So taking that uh, that anger, and it's important to take note of what exactly is it, right? Is it a desire? Is it an impulse? Is it something aggressive? Is it um, so? In this situation, it's, it's either sexual or aggressive impulses. Okay, the next one is projection. Okay, projection, let me read this one to you. So what we did so far, we covered the first the first three was um, repression, regression, reaction formation. So pro- projection, this is a primitive form of, um, it's kind of like paranoia. So what projection does, it reduces anxiety by allowing the um expression you do this now but just different people okay but by allowing the expression of the undesirable impulses or desires without becoming consciously aware of them so attributing one's own unacknowledged um unacceptable or unwant or unwanted thoughts and emotions to another uh this includes severe prejudice and jealousy hypervigilance to external danger and injustice collecting. Uh, all with the aim of shifting one's own one's own unacceptable thoughts, feelings, impulses onto somebody else. Right? Such that these are the same thoughts, feelings, beliefs and motivations um that are perceived as being possessed by the other. So pretty much you are just with this one they're pretty much project they're if you ever heard that before really like projecting how you feel into somebody else. It's not the same. Like with the displacement, it's more of you're putting it on something else that's less threatening, less demanding. But this one though, you're just like you're projecting your feelings. You're pro- you're projecting. Another one with this with displacement, it's more specific towards aggression or sexual impulses. This one though is like uh, anger or unhappiness or anything of that nature. You're literally you're the person is literally projecting it. Onto something else or onto someone else I should say Okay, so this is that's projection. Was that number five? I, I was the thinking that's number four. Let me see. Oh Okay, yeah, you're right one two one two. So repression was was number one regression was number two reaction formation was number three displacement was number four and Five was projection. Okay oh wow we're getting through this pretty fast all right and thank you so much for um hey welcome everybody i can see you joining janice rajwinder hello welcome that's the only good to see you yolanda hello okay so all right let's keep going so sublimation sublimation i think i had actually a couple more on here actually oh okay yeah Okay, so, so so sublimation. This is the transformation of, un, this is a healthy one. This is actually healthy. So this is the transformation of unhelpful emotions or instincts into healthy actions and behaviors or emotions. Okay, so for example, let's say this is a really good example with um, teenagers, right? So let's say for example, a teenager they are, you know, they uh, especially with that at that during that time they deal with a lot of um, what's the word I'm looking for? Not well, yeah, anger and aggression, puberty, all those things that they're going through. So instead of them going out and um, you know beating people up, they play football, you know, or they play rugby and they take out that that aggression in the sport. See, so sublimation. Is the healthiest? Um, is a very healthy form of defense mechanism, because instead of them taking out it into something bad, they're putting it into something that's healthy or good or for them for themselves. That's sublimation. All right, that's sublimation. So that was number that was number six. Number seven. Number seven. Disassociation. Okay disassociation thank you for putting the notes on the in the comments disassociation so disassociation this is temporary drastic modification of one's one's own personal identity or um or character to avoid emotional distress separation or postponement of a feeling that normally would accompany uh, a situation or thought okay so let's talk about what this is let me talk about what this what what this means so let's say for example i'm going to give you a good example let's say um you have a a, you have a, a couple right a boy and a girl that are dating and um and so like they have some type of maybe they have some type of um habit that every every other week they go to mcdonald's for lunch so um so that's what they always do and then one day they break up so now every time the girl you know drives by mcdonald's it reminds her of them of you know their relationship so instead of her so pretty much the mcdonald's is associated with their breakup right so instead of her um instead of her uh, continuing to associate McDonald's with something negative, she maybe she decides to start um and most people may, may not do this, but you know, get a job at McDonald's or she decides to start giving to McDonald's or like she decides to do something in order to remove that negative association of McDonald's to that relationship. Does that make sense? So that's so pretty much is it's like they're mo- you're modifying or they're modifying something that rem- something that's attached to something else, and they're disassociated so that way it no longer creates that feeling of anxiety or um, you know of that or that feeling of anxiety. Okay, okay. Let me know if that if that hopefully that was a good example. I hope so. All right, there's actually a, there's actually another one on here. I just realized I didn't I didn't mention on the title um somatization somatization s o m a t i z a t i o n all right somatization put that in the chat box for me too so this is the transformation of uncomfortable feelings towards others into uncomfortable feelings towards oneself so, um, and this could be pain, illness, anxiety. So for example, let's say in that example I just gave earlier, instead of, instead of them attributing something that the other person does, they always blame themselves, like they put it on themselves. So like, for example, with that one with that one situation with the girl and the cu- and the guy, it could be where she says, "Oh, it's because I'm not pretty," or it's because I didn't do this right or whatever." You know so pretty much she 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 blames herself she takes on not self-blame or not not blaming but but in the sense that anything that is like a like a feeling towards themselves they put it on towards somebody else instead of them putting it on that person they put it on themselves hello welcome from dublin yes mental health (laughs) yep we're doing mental health today Okay, so what we're gonna do next, actually we're gonna cover, we're gonna do some psychotropic medications. All right, we're we're gonna also go over some psychotropic medications. And then if this, if you find this helpful, go ahead and just give me a thumbs up that you find it helpful. And then share the broadcast today if you could. I would appreciate it. Um, So, so far we went, first we went over the defense mechanisms, like the first seven or eight actually, which were repression, regression, reaction formation, displacement, projection, sublimation, disassociation, and somatization. You notice how all of them end with with Asian? (laughs) I just realized I was thinking about it right now. Okay, anyways though. So anyway, so let's keep going. So now we're gonna talk about meds, all right? Psychotropic meds. So psychotropic medications, all right? Psychotropic medications these are meds that help to obviously treat di- different types of psych disorders and, um, and they, work, they work very differently from other medications. Okay, let me, give you, let me give you the definition. So psychotropic medication, it is a term for psychiatric medicines that alter chemical levels in the brain which impact mood and behavior. Okay, so that's pretty much what it is. It's pretty much medications that affect the chemical levels or the chemical imbalance in order to alter the patient's mood or behavior. Because there's, because a lot of um, many disorders or um, even want to say, uh, you know, yeah, disorders like depression, there's like a, a mental health problems. There's an imbalance on a chemical level. So what these drugs do is help to either restore that balance, replenish it, alter it, that kind of stuff. So we're going to go over, we're going to go over different types. All right, different types. I'll give you examples of each of them. The first one is atypical um, antipsychotics. Yeah, yes, it will, Janice. Um, atypical antipsychotics. Okay, Um, so with atypical antipsychotics, this is used to treat the symptoms of schizophrenia and bipolar, right? So it's pretty much used to help treat patients that have schizophrenia and bipolar disorder. So some examples will include Risperdal, um, Seroquel, zyprexa. these are all some examples that you would see. Here's the thing about these medications, though. They, they make the patient very drowsy, right? They make the patient very, very drowsy. So it, it really, it, it does make, especially when you, that you give it so frequently. So, um, so these are anti anti-typical antipsychotics. They're used to treat symptoms of schizophrenia and bipolar. Number two, the second one, anti-manic and mood-stabilizing drugs anti-manic and mood stabilizing drugs. So this is the one that's gonna refer to patients that have bipolar disorder, right? So you wanna make sure you understand that bipolar and schizo is not the same thing, right? It's two different problems. Bipolar is more dealing with mood issues, like they have manic episodes where they're very happy and then very sad. Schizo is more so they have a problem where they cannot differentiate between what's real and what's not real. So with anti-manic and mood stabilizing drugs, these are mood stabilizers stabilizers that are medicines used to treat the highs and the lows of bipolar disorder. So this is why some patients that you'll see that have bipolar, you won't know they have bipolar because the medications are helping to control those highs and those lows, right? But then if they don't take their meds regularly, then you may notice, right, that that they're not um, acting normal. So, examples of this is gonna include lithium, lagmictol, and tegritol, all right? Lithium, lagmictol, tegritol, tegritol is spelled T-E-G-R-E-T-O-L. All right, so, so, so what I want to encourage you is that when you're learning the drugs, right, learn them in these categories because this is what the test does, right? Because the test is gonna say like, oh, you have a patient that has this diagnosis, right? And then it will say, um, you know, which of the following drugs would you expect the nurse to give, and it will say, okay, atypical antipsychotics, typical antipsychotics, Antimedic drugs, that kind of stuff. Yeah, it is, I believe it's the same. Take it all. I believe it's the same as Um, Okay, then you have tri- tricyclic antidepressants. Um, tricyclic antidepressants. So, with tricyclic antidepressants, these medications work by in, no problem, by inhibiting the reuptake of norepinephrine and serotonin by presynaptic neurons into the central nervous system. One more time, the these drugs they work by inhibiting the reuptake of norepinephrine and serotonin by presynaptic neurons into the central nervous system. So, this one is going to include, antrinil, um, and elavil, not as common antidepressants that we give. All right, thank you. Hello, welcome for being glad you're on here today. So these are not as commonly prescribed. Honestly, I, the only times I see, um, the only times I see see patients get elavil, is it's usually prescribed by like a family medicine doctor. Um, like they'll, they'll prescribe it temporarily and then the doctor will, and then they'll see a psychi- psychologist or a psychiatrist, psychiatric, who will, um, who will uh, put them on the, the next drugs like SSRIs and et cetera. Um, well, you know, what? sometimes, sometimes I give, sometimes I send out notes. It's not every single time, honestly, because I just, um, but however, though, what one thing I do, I'm not, gonna, I'm not saying I'm gonna do it for, these, for this video, uh, but if you're on the mailing list, I, I email the notes to people on the mailing list. So like, so yesterday I sent out the, yesterday I did, I did um, what did I talk about? Oh, not yesterday, the day before yesterday. I went over nutrition, like nutritional topics um, on the exam, and then I sent out the notes to everybody on the mailing list. So if you're on the mailing list, that's how you'll get the notes. Or, um, or if you follow the website, choosingnursing.net on the website, I, what I do sometimes, I'll take the, the, the I'll take what I covered and I'll put into a blog, and there'll be a blog article, and you can get it and you can find out that way. So, so be so either one of two things: join the mailing list or follow the blog on the website, so that way you get a notification. Oh, you're welcome, Nicole. Please repeat the X. Okay, so, oh, the examples. Okay, so the examples for t- tricyclic antidepressants is Anfranil and Elavil, and then the examples for anti-manic and mood-stabilizing drugs is um, lithium, Lamictal, and Tegretol. Okay, lithium, Lamictal, and Tegretol. One thing I want to mention too about lithium, lithium too, we do actually get um, lithium levels, right, we can, which is pretty much where we can check to see what the level is of that drug in their system. Oh, thank you so much, Mandy. Thank you so much, I appreciate you for saying that. about the, I'm glad that you found the emails helpful. If you want, oh, to join the email list, just go to the website and then hit the word download. All right, and then you'll be on the email list that way. Or if you, or you can just simply type the word test, type the word test in the comments, and then you'll get. Um, uh, you can take the predictor test, and then you can join the email list that way. So either go to the website or just type the word test. Okay, so let's keep going. All right, so we covered the first three atypical antipsychotics. Oh, I'm sorry, test as in T E S T. You should be on it though. I'm pretty sure you're already on it because um, you're a top fan. TEST, test, like NCLEX predictor test. All right, so um, psych- antipsychotic, oh, sorry, so antitypical antipsychotics, anti and mood stabilizing drugs, and tricyclic antidepressants. All right, the next one is gonna be your MAOI inhibitors. All right, MAOI inhibitors. So this is a form that's used to treat depression as well. So one thing you want to realize is that there's different drugs that treat depression. They're not all the same, right? There's different medications that all treat depression, but they work differently as far as the mechanism of the medication. So, for example, with MAOIs, what they do, they inhibit something called, it's an enzyme called monamine oxidase. And what the role of these the role that MAOS plays is is the inactivation of neurotransmitters in the brain so m a o dysfunction either too much or too little is thought to be responsible for a number of psychiatric and neural disorders such as depression and schizophrenia so you see so so pretty much it's a it's um what the, this so pretty much what this, this enzyme does is that it, it activates certain neurotransmitters which will contribute towards depression or schizo. So that's why we give these drugs to stop those that enzyme from being released. Okay, so examples of this is going to be Marplan, um, Nardil, and Parnate. Marplan, Nardil, and Parnate. Can anybody tell me the um, number one contraindication with giving these particular drugs? Tell me in the chat box right now. Okay, let's see. I see. Okay, no foods with tyramine. Good. All right, avoid tyramine foods. Oh, oopsie. Okay, so what is what? So what type of foods is that? So that's good though. So you're gonna avoid foods that are high in tyramine. So that's gonna be what? Uh, beer, wine, and then specifically cheeses, right? Beer, wine, cheeses, aged foods. Um, so it's important that you know tyramine and then also you wanna know the specific too because one of the things I've learned is that um, for the test, you, you, there's different ways that the exam acts stuff or ask questions, and it may present it where it will say, oh, this is, um, what type of food tray would you give to the patient? Or it may even just say something like, oh, you know, you have a patient, and it says that I will take, I will make sure to take my medication um, with my, you know, cheese sandwich or something, right? So it may, it will just like, so what the test does is that if you're not aware that that's a problem, you're not gonna know, right? So you wanna know the, cl- the group and then the, the specifics yeah age cheeses age cheeses okay good all right so the next one so we're gonna do this one i'm gonna stop at this one actually i think i'm gonna stop at yeah these one right here ssri's all right ssri's these what these do they work by preventing the body from filtering ex- excess excess serotonin and norepinephrine all right so SSRIs, they have the power to significantly improve the mood, outlook, and behavior in people with depression. So SSRIs are currently the most common type of antidepressants, right? Like I said, it's more common than the others. Um, so you have some examples of this would be Prozac, Paxil, Celexa, Zoloft, Effexor, Prostique, Symbalta, you know, Cymbalta right have you ever seen those commercials on on tv right you ever seen those commercials on tv and they say like oh like um um i'm trying to think how like how it goes like i haven't watched i don't really watch tv like that though so like you know those commercials that say like oh like Cymbalta is, you know, like, you know, you don't know talk about, there's like so many of them. Like, it happens all the time. And then they will say at the end, like, side effects include, like, and it's like 30 side effects, right? <laughs> right? So, you know, they, like, you'll, like, these are very common, right? These are the ones that, you, that are more commonly um, given and seen, right? Especially Symbalta, Prozac, Zoloft, it's just more common. All right. Uh, okay, the, the next one is going to be benzodiazepines right benzodiazepines so benzodiazepines right so this is gonna be these are they're used for two purposes like but mainly for anxiety right so like we can set use it for um, seizures actually or epilepsy which is pretty much the same thing but so benzodiazepines is mainly used for anxiety um, so what they do they work in the central nervous system to act selectively on the gamma-aminobutric acid, or the gamma-A receptors um, in the brain. So this is gonna include Ativan, uh, Clonopine, Valium, and Xanax. All right, Ativan, Clonopine, Valium, and Xanax. Okay, so these are benzodiazepines. All right, and so once again, with Ativan, especially with Ativan, you know, these drugs we have to be very careful when we're giving it because it honestly, um, makes the patient very 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 drowsy it has a very le- strong lethargic effect so we have to be very careful in the amount that's given to the patient especially if they're elderly okay oh and then also I always I, I forget to say this if you find this helpful please share this video even if you're watching this video on the replay you bet, go ahead and sh- hit the share button that way other people can receive the same information okay last but last but not least is typical antipsychotics so remember at the beginning i said atypical and this is typical so typical antipsychotics this is used to reduce anxiety and agitation that often happens in schizophrenia so um so this one is it can be used to reduce problems with thinking or remembering and reduce or control delusions and hallucinations such as psychosis so examples of this will include Haldol. That's a very good example. All right. So so if we use it like we use it, we really use it honestly for psychotic episodes when the patient becomes very very combative, very very angry. Um, and Haldol is normally given. A Haldol can be given. Um, I am. It can be given. Also um, by mouth as well. So um, so yeah, it works. It works really good though. It works very, it works very fast. One of the side effects though, of Haldol, I mean, it's not common, but it can happen, is QT prolongation, right? QT prolongation. That's one of the common side effects. And what that means is pretty much, there's, when you look at the rhythm, right? A heart rhythm, right? And you have, what you have the P, uh, we have the P wave, then you have the QRS, and you have the T wave. So it's pretty much the the distance between the Q and the the T is longer. That's what can happen if they're on Haldol. So it's important that we monitor the QT interval for patients on Haldol, because it can affect that interval and it can affect the heart rate of the patient. Okay, is Haldol useful in pregnancy? Um, no, no. Uh, i would not i would i would say no to that one because how it um it it can have some very negative consequences and ideally i mean i i't think i i never seen a situation though where that's happened actually where the the mother was pregnant and she had maybe psychosis but it, ideally when patients are pregnant we don't want them to take um you know additional medications because it's it could put the baby or the mother mainly in the baby at, at, at our risk so no not not help not in pregnancy okay all right so let me just do a quick recap over all the drugs okay we went over anti atypical antipsychotics hello welcome hey welcome to those of who are joining atypical antipsychotics anti minic and mood stabilizing drugs Tricyclic antidepressants, MAOIs, can it be used for seizures, Haldol, no, Haldol is not used for seizures, Haldol, um, no, Haldol is used more so for patients that are psychotic, they're experiencing episodes of psychosis, alright, you got it now, Keisha, good, yeah, it's usually more so for patients that are, that are like, like, oh my, this, Like, let me tell you, I could tell you some stories. I could tell you some stories of patients like, you know what? The patient's like banging on the table right now, doctor. And um, can we give him some Haldol? Like, seriously. (laughs) So, no, it's not usually used for seizures. Seizures, we give Dilantin. Or if that's not working, we give them Ativan. Um, That's honestly the most common medications used for seizures. In times of emergency, we can give Dilantin. Um, mm, not, not push though, but typically though we give, we give Dilantin though, IV piggyback. Um, and then in times of like when they're having a, a seizure right now, we can give Ativan or like some type of benzodiazepine that works very well. All right. Um, so yeah, so ML, MAOIs, serotonin, um, which is SSRIs. Then you have, like I said, benzodiazepines, and then you have typical antipsychotics. All right, so those are pretty much all of the um, psych- psychotropic medications So w- that I want to go over with you today. You want to be aware of, like I said, the name of the group. So three things, the name of the classification, what they do, slash, which is pretty much how do they work, and then an example of with within each of them. And then ideally, if you can be aware of also the side effect, that would be really good like i gave earlier with the cheeses and the, the QT prolongation that would be very strong that'll make you very strong in this particular area all right so if you found that helpful go ahead and put in the chat box let me know yes or one put a one in the chat box if you found the information helpful today if you find this information helpful too i mean i, I also do have A home study review um, program so if you're if you're self-study or if you're more independent or you don't have as much time to take your test like let's say you have to take your exam um, sooner like before the end of this end of October or something um, then I would recommend my home study review program instead which is called solid steps to NCLEX success for RN or the LPN program which is NCLEX prep for success uh, for LPN 2.0. So if you want to learn more about those about either of the home study programs Type just type one word home study Home study um, In the chat box and then we can send you the information uh, Via your messenger for more information. They're they're in-depth. They're more PowerPoint presentations um, And then of course there's several videos and they're broken down into different units and different categories so that way you can tailor it to the areas that you're weaker in um, and then it does include assessment tests at the beginning and at the end and then with the rn1 there's a middle one um, and then it also includes resources cheat sheet guides and practice questions so if you want to learn more about that just type one word home study home study and then you can you'll find out information about the rn1 or the lpn1 depending on whichever one you're taking so thank you for watching. Thank you for sharing the video. If you haven't already shared the video, thank you for the hearts and the likes. I'm glad you found it helpful. I'm glad that you find this information helpful and I, and I hope it's helping you to, you know, quickly understand the information much quickly and it should show you it's not hard, right? Right? Like that's what I want you to see. This is not, it's not that hard when you hear it like this, right? It's not that hard right it's just all about kind of like breaking down into piece by piece you know have you ever heard have you ever heard that quote before you uh in order to um, what's it i forgot what it's, it's like a really good quote about eating something really large and so you just take it one piece at a time that's what you do when it comes to preparing for the exam all right so um you sometimes have to just take it piece by piece especially if it's been a long time since you passed since you prepared for your um exam Home study, one word. Put it together, one word. Home study, one word. All right, if you have any questions for us, go ahead and uh, send us an inbox. If not, uh, I. Oh, and then join the mailing list as well. And then um, if you're not already part of the, our Facebook group, join the Facebook group today, NCUX Prep for Success. You can join the group that way. Uh, in there, we put practice questions, rationales, and so forth. All right, thank you for being here, and I'll talk with you soon. And thank you for sharing, and thank you for the hearts. I appreciate your support. All right, you guys, have a wonderful rest of the day. Bye-bye. Hey there, thank you so much for tuning in and for listening to this. If you found this a helpful message, like I said, you go ahead and share um, and follow us. So that way you don't miss any more of these audios or these podcasts and um, leave us a positive review. And then also too, if you're trying to pass your NCLEX exam, honestly, this is only just the beginning. Uh, inside of our School of the NCLEX Refresher course, in there, I really dive in deep um, with that program. And um, it's literally over 130 hours of videos, uh, but this is like a course that you'll never ever, you've, you won't see anything like this before um, because it's video teachings, it's PowerPoint slides, it's PDFs, it's audios, but then it also include very uh, interesting exercises you to complete as well to in order to stimulate critical thinking and clinical reasoning. um where just just really i don't want to go into too much depth but pretty much different exercises that will help to um, practice nursing judgment and then i also include strategies um there's lots of video lessons there's also quizzes assessments exams um i want to say and then there's also some question banks too so there's at least about 25 to 35 assessments, uh, and then um, anywhere from about 200 to 500 questions as well, um, not to mention the 130 hours of video teachings. And ooh, this is like pretty much organized like the way I always talk about, you know, mastering the content in the right order. That's exactly what this course is all about. Is helping you to learn the information in the right order so that way it can really make sense to you. So, if that sounds like something that you really need, make sure you click below this um, episode and check it out. Get access to today. I'm pretty. I'm sure we ha- I'm sure we're always doing something special. But click below and get access to, to it today. All right. Talk to you next time.